Dutch rudder chain is that like nobody knows who's touching no, who's like nobody's really gay in that situation. I'm only touching my penis, you know. As far as you know, and if exactly. it's somebody else's hand, you wouldn't even be able to. Touch. Well, I've got somebody else's arm. Oh, did I mention <laughs> we're live? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I figured you might be. Alrighty. All right, this is episode two of Your Father's Favorite Movies, where we give a fresh generational perspective on movies your dad probably likes. Um, we are covering Cliffhanger, which came out in 1993, starring Sylvester Stallone, um, John Lithgow, directed by Remy Harlan. Um, I'm Kai Holland. I'm Derek Julian. I am Jake. And I am Chase. We've got two people who haven't seen it, who saw it yesterday. And me and Derek, we've seen it. What did you guys think, the uh, the first timers? Well, uh, I loved this movie. This was a Stallone classic, timeless in all ways. And if my heart was really high in the sky, then Stallone could climb a mountain <laughs> and get very close to it. <laughs> well said. Nice. Um, I kind of, to be perfectly honest, didn't really like the movie very much. Oh no! Uh, the the cheese moments I think just were too cheesy for me, and then there's just there's a I just have a lot of gripes, like uh, so like 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 there's the rock climbing stuff, like I feel like the rock climbing stuff is not accurate, like as as somebody who has rock climbed as a beginner. Uh, just like the ways that they went through stuff, and like, it, like they're they're sitting there scaling this quote unquote four thousand foot face without any ropes, with hardly any gear, they're just cruising up it. And then uh, Hal, his buddy Hal, uh, uh, his and his his girlfriend or wife Sarah, and Sarah is like, well, I think it's a girlfriend. Um, it's because his girlfriend, yeah. she's like an inexperienced climber. Yeah, like they describe her as a beginner climber, or they basically describe her as like a, a novice. Like she's hardly ever done it. Yeah, and they have her scaling a four thousand <laughs> foot rock without any ropes. So like, <laughs> okay, so just that right there just makes just kind of irks me a little bit. Uh, then like the way that the gear fails is like. I don't know. I guess maybe like a hair believable, but the real real rock climbing you double up on everything. So you you if, if one strap fails, that's not that big of a deal. You've got your safety, which they they show the safety in the thing, but then it doesn't save her at all. So it's like, what well, was the safety not hooked up? Like that's just you know Stallone is gonna as an expert climber is gonna set her up right to send her across. I don't know. So that that stuff's kind of whack. Uh, the ending was <laughs> so abrupt. Yeah, they didn't. They don't yeah. give you any kind of closure. They don't give it any kind of wrap up. No like happy family picnic at the end where they're kind of like, "Wow, that was crazy! Oh, I can't believe I doubted you. Oh, I forgive you." You know, and like they solve all the issues of the movie. They just don't even do it. They just go like, "All right, uh, you know, where's the money? Okay, we're gonna leave you on the mountain and fly away in the helicopter. Like it's like, what is going on? We like, killed the bad FBI guy. Agents Time in to... suits that weren't involved in the movie, like at all. I know <laughs> it, it was. I mean, I love the movie for the reasons that it sounds like you hated it, which because it's a silly movie that doesn't have any based in realism and like the rock climbing is just 
ridiculous if you actually know anything about rock climbing. But well, well, and I, I guess I should also add that I, I thought the movie was fun. It's definitely a popcorn movie. Oh, good. Uh, th- there's a ton of action, very tense scenes. There's a lot of stuff that kind of like pulls you a little bit. Uh, so I liked all that kind of stuff, but I just had to get those gripes off my chest so that uh, we could move forward. <laughs> well, should we break down the the basic plot a little bit? Like, what's uh... I, I'm happy to do the little recap if you'd like. For sure. So here's this movie. All right. Uh, did you guys pull up the logline and all for this one? I did. Did you? No, I Stand did not. By. Oh should man, I, I should have. We should check it out. We'll get it. We'll get it after the recap. Here's okay. the, here's the full on synopsis, and I'm gonna, as every movie should, I'm gonna list the plot by deaths in the movie. <laughs> so our number one death starts very early on. Oh. Yeah, when uh, Sylvester Stallone, a rescu- a climbing rescuer, uh-huh. fails to save innocent poor Sarah, his best friend's girlfriend, from from a cliff accident type of deal, his best fr- his best friend Hal's girlfriend, and she falls to a violent, uh, horrible, quick death at the bottom of a mountain. Off screen, we don't see it happen. We just see her the falling. Pain. It, it isn't slow motion, so I'm not yeah, sure how quick it is. See, but yeah, they drag it on. <laughs> it, you get to see long, her eyes. But as the she moment, falls. man, in, yeah, we after this plot, we got to take some time just to talk about that one scene because I, yeah, absolutely. It's From so there, uh, you know, Sly is pretty upset about this. He leaves town. He comes back in later and is like, "Hey, my girlfriend, come back with me because I don't want to live here." And she's like, "But I like it here, so fuck off." And then. Meanwhile, something big is going on up in the sky when they're transporting $1,000 bills randomly <laughs> over this same mountain uh, crossing. Mm. And that plane is in midair hijacked. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. There's some Dark Knight stuff that I want to oh, I want to do a Dark Knight trilogy <laughs> segment later on in this podcast. However, there's an in-air hijacking in which four people are killed. Most of them are killed by a guy with an Uzi who is shooting out the back of an airplane, uh, I don't know, 300 feet away across the zip line, and he's shooting like so accurately that he takes down the entire plane. With, with a submachine with gun a, with yeah, one hand. With one <laughs> hand. And he's got like three bullet holes in him also. Yeah. Like, cause oh, he was yeah. He wanted his revenge. revenge. Like, yeah. he's shooting didn't he get shot in the head? He no, didn't get shot I, in the I head, but he had two bullet holes in his head. He was bleeding out of his mouth, you know, because he's like coughing up all the... Yeah. He takes down at least three... Uh, you know, uh, money-stealing terrorists and an aircraft before he explodes. Fuck okay, yeah. so now going back to the tally here. Rest yeah, in pieces. explosion was pretty sick. Wait, how, how did it explode again? The, just because they were shooting uh, they bullets? They put a the bomb p- on it to like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So five dead. Oh, the pilot and the sniper is killed. That's, that's seven dead by the time the uh, terrorist vehicle is expertly crash-landed in the mountains. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe almost everybody survived. Everyone survived. Did, did anyone die in the, the crash? The pilot died. One of the oh, two okay. pilots well, died. See, I, I actually feel like they kind of nailed that scene as far as like reality, because the, if you're gonna try to like land a plane without engines and without your landing gear and you're not on a like even surface, a mount down the side of a mountain is actually kind of perfect, because you can <laughs> as long as you aim it right which you would have to aim it <laughs> so perfect but the they, pilots are typically are pretty talented good. Well, I guess, pilots in, this, in yeah. this film yeah well and so you would you would have to basically land hit the tail down that would kind of slingshot the the front of the plane into the mountainside which would definitely cause some serious damage and would shake the people up but it probably wouldn't kill them and you could sit there and slide down the mountain which now you know you're sort of 
using they did there's that. a lot they of hit a trees, lot of friction is, is giving all the wings. energy of the plane yeah. down into it the wasn't mountain a pretty and landing but it slowing was, them down it, people it, survived it. if you were going to do it I, w- I would think that that's a, a possibility because that's why uh, the highest success of success rate for crash landings happens in the Colorado Rockies <laughs> oh you know what I just double I was, counted somebody in my uh, death tally it'd be nice here. if we got some stats on that <laughs> I just realized I counted Uzi guy as dead because I thought he was oh. before he came back to life and killed people so right. when we get to my so final we got to twice. subtract one yeah, yeah okay yeah. he <laughs> yeah. dies twice. good thing you yeah, caught yeah, that yeah, yeah. he uh, explodes the the pilot who crashes dies uh, except for Crystal who's the co-pilot I mean, she might even be the head pilot who knows because she's really good she's the uh, yeah she's Crystal is the she's the Bond villain the Bond bad guy villain. girlfriend yes um that's another gripe right there, the way she dies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that was terrible. These terrorists, when they land, they call for help from rescue. And then, boom, boom, the two stories collide. Because mm. Hal has to go after the plane and uh, Sly's girlfriend, whose name is Sly's girlfriend, uh, she saves. She says, "Hey, so not a very Sloan. memorable character. If we don't, Hal's remember. going up to save all these people in this uh, airplane. Can you go too? Because you should." And he's like, "No, I, I'm afraid to go because I killed Sarah." And she's like, "Oh." And then there's like a five minute scene of them arguing over who should be guilty about that, oh, which was yeah. the longest. Scene. Stop blaming yourself. That, <laughs> let's put a bookmark. Another in that not very scene good also. scene. They oh, got they, a dark they, they went over that like writing. An yeah. overwriting comment. You know, it's funny. Uh, the, Stallone rewrote the script. Uh, eight. He did eight different drafts of the script, the original script, and yeah. yet there's still some horrible dialogue after yeah. all of those rewrites. Uh, I found that log line, by the way. Cliffhanger, on. 1993. A botched mid-air heist results in suitcases full of cash being searched for by various groups throughout the Rocky Mountains. That sounds like a balderdash like prompt for yeah, a movie. That's like <laughs> the, where's the where's the irony in that the log line? Log line. A botched good. airplane crash. Maybe, maybe it's right there a because like of heist. course your mid air heist is going to get botched, and it maybe lands it, money all over to be searched for by various groups, various parties throughout. Well, the, I, the I guess the Rocky irony mountains. is the people that need to maybe climb the mountains to get the, the cash are the people that don't know how to climb. So they they need so to that, lean that on that back into it. Stallone so, types. Oh, I know where the irony is. Right, but you got to build the lo- irony into the logline, right? It's the fact that they're being they they forced rescuers to be a part of their evil twisted plot. Maybe mm. various mm. parties. You is know. the yeah. Is the, is so the like, irony? They're they're forcing the people that, are, that their their job is to save people into this murderous, deadly, you know, money grubbing plot. I think mm. I can see the irony in that. All right. Yeah. So we've we've been introduced to Stallone's character. And the bad guys. We, uh, uh, yeah, Gabe. Gabe, right. Is Stallone's character. He is a badass, doesn't... He's so cool. Doesn't need the <laughs> the restraints, doesn't need the harness. He just He's just hanging out, as he says in his first line, when the chopper goes over the mountain. Yeah. And he's hanging on the cliff, and they're like, where are you, Gabe? And he's like, just hanging out. <laughs> oh, my God. that Okay, so that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Like, cha- I, I'm sort of on Kai's... Uh, frame of mind with this too i i love you like the, the cheesiness movie of it yeah. for for yeah like difference of opinion here but yeah i loved the movie for the same reasons that you didn't like it, it was like it yes of course it's not it's not realistic climbing uh anyone who who knows climbing no freaking way is home slice hanging from one hand three thousand feet in the air but 
it's extremely entertaining to watch because mm. like they do a good job of making it look like he was actually doing that. Like yeah, yeah, if, you, if you that. don't know, you wouldn't. If, yeah, if you if you didn't know, man, he's like that's a homeway like hanging from one and hand. Also, from well, a you can tell Sly does his own stunts in a lot of those too. Yeah. And I was impressed by yeah, how much is. climbing he could do. Yeah, he's a strong dude, you know? And his physique is not a climbing physique either. He's like a muscle like <laughs> probably two hundred fifty pound muscle and, guy. And he's a forty seven year old man. Yeah, and a forty seven year old man. Yeah, some very entertaining. Uh, Sylvester Stallone learned how to climb trivia later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's he's clearly not a climbing guy, but it's it's funny. He did a good job. Yeah, he had, he had to learn. better climber than me. The stunt coordinator said he did ninety five percent of his own stunts. Wow! That, so one, one of the the first uh, things that I wrote down watching the movie was that uh, the introduction to Ace Ventura. Yes, uh, I was wondering if you were when nature catch calls. Oh. Yeah, they totally spoof that yeah. that scene yeah. on the mountain where he's got the raccoon and the raccoons. Oh in the yeah, edge of the oh cliff. yeah. yeah. Oh, and he, he's, you know, no! Jim carrying out. You know, yeah, I completely the, the forgot gear, about that. The, gear's like the gear breaks in the same exact yeah. way. Like that, this that trap slips. I, I actually think yeah. we should cover that scene right now, just because <laughs> it's just so. Go back to the, the very first scene. The the first scene yeah. where uh, Stallone has to rescue his uh, his friend's girlfriend, who's a novice climber. Like she said, she had no business being scaling the wall without. Yeah, but they were. Yeah, they were on without top a rope. Of the peak of then, this crazy mountain. He's like, got an aggravated knee. So Alex, he needs to Alex be Honnold would yeah. never even attempt any of this. Stuff. Like this yeah. is like their first summit. Like Alex Honnold takes ten years <laughs> like, to do that stuff. You know, he's like, like oh, you know, I got I got a little knee pain. I need to be rescued from the top of this fucking nightmare cliff tower. Four people, no rope. So they, they land the helicopter on one side of the rock, and they have this zip line, and they have to, like, shimmy their way across the line, and her gear breaks. And I think this scene does, like, 80% of the heavy lifting for the rest of the movie because it just sets the tone. Oh, yeah. Totally. And uh, we were watching the movie with some friends, Kelsey and Ryan, and Kelsey, like, when we were watching that scene, she was like, my hands are sweating right now. <laughs> there were audible uh, gasps and uh, squeals from, I feel like, all of us. Yeah. That scene. I, that's, I mean, it's still, like, I was thinking about the scene, uh, when, in prepping for the like this podcast, and it's still like it raises the hairs, yeah, on your arm. Just thinking about it. Well cut scene. I'd say the, the editing yeah. was was really good. The yeah. music in the background is also really good because they have like these kind of like high piercing notes that are kind of erratic, and it's just mm-hmm. got it, like it's kind of a melodious where it's you're kind of like just like on edge listening to it, and as like all this stuff's happening visually. You're getting all this auditory, like, I think everything about that scene just works so well, except for uh, when the the teddy bear falls. I think they could have cut that. Oh, <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was just a little yeah. Stupid. Well, why would she, she had have a teddy bear with she her on her climb? Her lucky climbing cute. teddy bear. <laughs> that was that weird. Was a stupid. That was why I don't but, know that car- it really makes her feel real you know well yeah. and like this. maybe at some point there was an explanation for the teddy bear but then like as that they scene cut got it. cut but then they forgot that they had the little sure. tease to it you know I, you, I no Sly would be like oh, what'd you bring your teddy bear for <laughs> and she's like oh I don't I forgot I had it on me <laughs> that, uh-huh. was, that was the scene that got cut wow <laughs> I thought that the um the practical effects were really good and that the the set was really well placed. Like there wasn't a part yeah. in the movie where I felt like the production value was getting in the way of the entertainment. Like, of course, you know, like now nowadays, like looking at our, our dad's, you know, so, you know, possibly their favorite movies. <laughs> right. It's like uh, you we know, of course, that that's a practical effect when you see some, you know, but like it didn't matter because it play, you know, the, the entertainment value of the scene and the acting and the action 
completely made up for all that and it all like played into it you know well for that scene they were actually on the line they were that was a real location that wasn't like blue screened they just had safety harnesses that were secretly hidden even though her harness was breaking but um, and even if it's not 100 percent like uh and not to cut you off but it's like the part where the helicopter like uh got caught on the um on the ladder and then like at the end yeah, and, like yeah, they're yeah. like fighting on top of the bottom of the helicopter <laughs> the finale we'll so, get to the the yeah. helicopter type oh, fight okay yeah. yeah okay yeah. yeah i'm not gonna go into the fight but like but, yeah, the point fact. that i was trying to say was like if you watched if you weren't paying attention to the action that was happening in the scene you can tell that the helicopter that you can see the straps that are holding the helicopter to the cliff oh. and you can literally see them in the shot but oh. your brain tunes that out because the action is i was glued to the fight yeah I think the effects were great. I think that in the entire movie, I saw one that I was like, "Huh, is that a you know, is that a green screen in the background?" Like one time maybe, but yeah. all together, I was like, "Wow, this looks yeah. like they're well, fighting on the cliff." I, a lot of I saw those straps that you're talking about, but I didn't know what they were, and I didn't, exactly. I, didn't I didn't know that they were holding the helicopter right. there. I just, I, but I do remember being like. Huh. Like, I don't know. What, I don't know what that is. Like, just basic straps. Yeah, is the chopper like already that jacked up? Like, yeah. which it kind of was at that scene. Right. Just one last thing about the opening scene, because, yeah, um, yeah, I. This scene has been reacted to, like online. There's people have been gotten panic attacks in the theater, had to leave the theater watching the scene. It just triggered vertigo. You know, people were cried. Um, I, I list, was listening to the first podcast we did when we found out it was cliffhanger. I was like, I think this is the most iconic scene that was ever made, and I, I wish I didn't say that because I like overhyped <laughs> it a little bit. And I'm not sure that's true, but I can't think of a scene that I think is clearly more iconic than than this one. Ah, can you? Uh, not off like, the top of my head. The first one I think of is not really uh, your father's favorite movie type of movie, but or maybe 2001: A Space Odyssey. Or, I don't know. Right. Well, I don't know. Iconic. Are you talking about the most known scene in the world or the scene like, that just moved the, you the most? The opening scene that really sets the tone of the movie, ah. like the most, or that gets parodied. Well, movies. Vertical Limit had a pretty cool opening. That I mean. was <laughs> ripping off this movie. <laughs> but, yeah, I um, mean, especially the the set that they had when they were uh, sort of inside the glacier wall. And uh, so, like, Sylvester Stallone pokes his head up uh, and he's climbing with Jesse, the girl, and uh, then there's like the one of the bad guys. Uh, he like has a machine gun. He's like watching, it, and he sees Stallone come up, and then he goes to shoot at him. Stallone slips back down into the cavern. Nobody Rough knows ball. what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, you're, you're talking about like um, he's holding him at gunpoint. Just at the how top. good his fall and then looked. He's, he's about mean? to shoot him. He's like, "Oh fuck!" It. He like lets himself fall, and he like bangs off the walls and like hits the ground. Yeah, so, so that, that so that set right there, like vertical limit said, we're gonna take that set. <laughs> Absolutely, I was thinking the same, <laughs> same thing. Set. I was I thinking the exact same thing. Movie yeah, yeah, yeah like and just the, write a whole movie right here. The ice, <laughs> like the 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 ice walls and the the uh, stalagmites and like just the whole scene. I know exactly the, what the coloring about. between the white the whites and the blues and. Yeah, absolutely. Um, since we're on this topic still about, like, um, not necessarily the practical effects, but, like, the set and whatnot, mm. uh, I, I found a really cool fact about the stuntmen. So that scene where, and then you're going to go into a little more later, but, like, where the planes are connected and uh, oh, I, the, the cable is going between, right. and the guy has to go from one plane to the next, and he, like, gets on the line, 
yeah. and climbs from one plane to another. I thought that that was just really good practical effects, but the answer to that is no. That guy actually climbed from one plane to another with that rope. Simon Crane. Yeah, and he, he got paid a million dollars to do the stunt <laughs> by Sylvester wow. Stallone himself out of pocket. Um, yes, yeah. it's in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most yeah. expensive stunt, I think to this day, ever made for a film. Because wow. it was shot, they had to have at least one other plane for the camera, right? Yeah, and a wire connecting one plane to the other plane, and then the guy is Three planes zip flying line, zip lining between the planes. Zip, zip lining between, between. You know, That was had, a real shot. The, the film shot in Italy. They had to film that scene in America because that stunt's illegal in Europe. <laughs> for a good reason. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. For a good that reason. A good Should we get back to the adding up the death count and sure, yeah, forward? You guys stop me whenever we get to a scene you want to talk about. All right. Just like I feel like that's a great uh, how we've been doing it. That's a great way to do it. So the bad guys have crashed. They've called for help from the rescue team. Our main heroes, you know, Sylvester Stallone and his buddy Hal, played by Michael Rooker is his name, right? Yeah, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy guy. Yeah, Yeah. Walking Dead. Good actor. Walking Dead. Great actor. Yeah, he's the guy whose girlfriend died and so he's you yeah. know blaming sly sly's blaming himself even though you should be blaming himself They're... for taking a novice girl up when he has a busted knee i just wanted to share this conflict because this is like i guess this is like the heart of the tale is those two buddies they love oh, each other yeah. but they hate each other totally right? um <laughs> anyway the money is scattered throughout and sly and hal make it to the top of the mountain and get pointed at with by machine guns by the bad guys and they're like now that you're here you need to climb and find these three cases on our mountain. He's got this awesome little GPS <laughs> 3D map of the mountain. Brilliant. For the oh, yeah, very high tech for 93. Sense, but it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, it's exactly here, here, and here. How do we get there? And then, yeah. you know, like, oh. the climbers lead them ar- along the snowy mountain peaks <laughs> to get their cases back. Yeah. Uh, the next time there's a death, they're like, okay, there's one of the cases. Gabe, so there's Stallone's character. Go up there and get it. But we're not giving you any tools. <laughs> you don't get a, an ice pick just in case you you know want to yeah. use it on us. Also, you don't get your jacket just for collateral. And so <laughs> so he's in a t-shirt in the freezing cold. Yeah, and he, they took away his harness and all of his climbing gear. He like, has no yeah. gear, nothing. He literally has a rope <laughs> yeah. tied to his foot in case they want to pull him down. <laughs> They're <Yeah. laughs> Tied to his ankle. It's, it's, it's like yeah. what? It's and against total, the odds. It's know? also like the worst knot ever. It's like a child tying his shoes kind of <laughs> knot. <laughs> and, and one of the guys grabs Hal, and he's like, "That better hold." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There, there's a total of a hundred million dollars missing from this heist. Right, thirty In million at the top cases. of this cliff. Yeah, and they send Sylvester Stallone with nothing to climb it with with the. Good chance that he'll fall to his death and they lose their $30 million. Yeah. Personally, right. I think this was a, a bad guy mistake, which I think there are a few of in this movie. Hell It's not yeah. a very good movie. The worst mistake <laughs> is to announce that you're going to kill Sylvester Stallone right. in front of his friend Yeah. as soon as he brings down the Yeah. As soon as no, no reason to <laughs> collaborate. Well, this, this brings me to a quote that I have written down. Oh, good. Uh, John Lithgow says, Kill a few people and they call you a murderer. Kill a million, they call you a conqueror. Yeah, it's a great, great cold son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, that's great a great line. Uh, should we should we take a moment to talk about John Lithgow's performance? Sure. What do you do? You guys have anything to say about it? I I think British. it's it is the most. It's as far as like this movie is not believable. He's the most not believable part of the movie as a villain. He's just he's, way over the top. I, I think the biggest contributor to that is. And it's not just him, because there's like three different actors that all do this in the movie, but their accents come in and out. Yeah. 
Like there's like like for the first few scenes that you see John Lithgow, he's speaking in just his regular like actor accent. Right, he's you know, American. like he's, he's not British. He speaks very proper American, you know. Uh, but then Quailin at some film. point Quailin. in the movie, he kind of takes on this like German accent that's like German? really I bad. British ish. I thought he was like. It was like, yeah. Well, there's another guy that's British. But he's also not British the whole movie. (laughs) So, like, there's, like, the British guy, he's, like, British initially, and you're like, okay, British guy. And then later on, he's, like, talking pretty normal, and then he switches back to British, (laughs) and you're like, what is going on with, like, the actors were just like, hey, you guys are going to use an accent today? Like, nah, like, I am. What was the trend (laughs) in the late 80s and early 90s that all the villains in these action movies had to be European? Like add like, like Cold War just a result, result of the Cold War. Yeah, this guy the, like the European are they our allies at this point. Uh, like the English and Germans, elderly not, not English criminals, bad guy. <laughs> is, is this that's his character? Quaylen is the the elderly British-ish mastermind of this movie. Yeah, he's got some great lines. Do you, do you remember movie. any? Oh my god, my favorite one was, uh, <laughs> and there's another good one, but the one that I liked was, was like, you want uh, said by what was his name in the movie? Eric. That was Eric Quaylen. Quaylen, yeah. yeah. He's like, you want to kill me, Charles? <laughs> so I'll take a number and get in line. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's it's exactly what he sounded like yeah. for that moment. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know when else. My favorite Quaylen line is when he um, he kills his uh, his, his girlfriend. Lover. Yeah. The, you know. that, that's going to happen later, guys. Prepare for <laughs> oh, that. Okay, I'll save oh, that. No, 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 no. Um, but uh, you guys want to know who Remy Harlan originally envisioned in the Quaylen role? Yeah, who? I know who it is, but go ahead. You do? David Bowie? What? Really? David Bowie's. I did not know that. He wanted that'd be cool. David Bowie to play the role. I thought that'd, that'd be cool. And then uh, for that some reason, dope. didn't go to David Bowie. Christopher Walken was cast. Wow. Maybe is the one you that know. That was about. the one I thought. Yeah. Yeah. He Christopher was cast. Walken. What happened? He um, said, "Never mind." I tried to figure out why he just <laughs> dropped out of the movie at the last minute. Maybe he he was coming around to Chase's point of view on it. Mm. <laughs> well, they had a hard out. time getting the movie to happen in the first place. There was like a combination of oh, three different movies I, I being have made. a bunch of okay, okay, cool, yeah. You can but, go. Um, yeah, and then uh, Lithgow, um, he took over the last minute and took over the role. I think I would have liked walking a little better. You imagine so. if David Boy had the role, he'd have like two different colored eyes. Oh, you know how David Boy rolls? He's always got like a, a, a different touch. colored eye. It's a good villain's touch, yeah. yeah. You have face paint on. Yeah, like lightning a lightning bolt. bolt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a little too dreamy to be a dark villain, though. I'd have a hard time seeing him as a bad guy. Can anyone do a good Christopher Walken impression? I'm trying to think of some of those great Lithgow Joe Dirt, lines. Joe <laughs> like, Dirt lines. Some good Joe Dirt Yeah, lines. I mean, I could, I could probably do it. I just got to kind of get my brain in that Kill moment. Kill a hundred people. They call you a murderer. <laughs> oh, my God. A murderer. You kill a couple people, and they call you a murderer. But then you kill a million people, and they call you... <laughs> a conqueror. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So Sylvester Stallone yeah, grabs good. the first case of cash, and then uh, it was probably Quail, Quailin, who says, "All right, as soon as he gets down here, retire him." There's there's another great great quote right here that I I wrote down. It's so funny. Uh, so he's about to send uh Stallone up the mountain and then he's like telling how he's got to st- he's got to stay down and he goes like a dog he's like you stay you fetch right <laughs> and then the and then like the Australian guy right in his face but he's not with an Australian accent with an American accent he's like fetch <laughs> yeah. and then he like right he kind of like looks at it like what and, and then he goes yeah. 
Fetch! <laughs> Their intimidation <laughs> techniques are, are and it's just like notch. like yeah. and, and I'm sitting there just cringing like God, it's so bad. Oh my god. They're bad guys. Jason. Those bad, bad guys, guys, they gotta show how bad they are, you know. You know, whatever. Yeah, they get they, they set them up to die. Like they're like, Okay, cool, when that guy dies, I'm gonna be like, Thank God. You Once know, Hal finds out that they're gonna kill Sylvester Stallone, he says, Buddy, they're gonna kill you as soon as you get down. Right. Run, run. Right. And this uh leads to our next death in which the bad guys start firing up the mountainside with machine guns and grenade launchers uh, <laughs> yeah, into the yeah. snow, into the, right into the past, mountain, right above them, right past Gabe, hitting the case. You see the case is hit by like a hundred bullets, like yeah. And uh, there's an avalanche comes down, and Gabe hides from it, and one of the bad guys is hit by the avalanche and knocked off the cliff. And, and they think right. that Gabe dies too. They assume yes, uh, and also the the case goes over the edge as right. well. Yeah, that's right. He, he million throws dollars. it. Yeah, he right. throws it. He throws it like to with, sell right. his death. Yeah. Right. Oh my god! And, and then Lithgow's like, "You, your yeah. friend just had the most expensive funeral in history." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, and like Gabe's, you know, Sylvester Stallone's character. There's like this scene where him and his he get he makes his way back to his girlfriend, who like you know they get re-coordinated, and they have they're like freezing cold, yeah. and they have cash that they're burning. Oh, they're burning. They, they, they burn like. Like those are thousand dollar bills. He's like the most expensive fire, you know. Like, oh yeah, he costs a fortune to he heat this place. Fortune he costs a fortune to heat this place. Some great, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, some great like little you uh, know, corny jokes. That, that's where those lines. eight rewrites came in from. Uh, right. so still He's trying to keep up with oh, all of Arnold Schwarzenegger's one liners. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, the bad guys, move on. Having Gabe is a lost cause. Case number one is lost cause. They move on to case number two. Uh, like Derek said, Sylvester Stallone and his girl Jesse meet back up. He finally gets a sweater. <laughs> a uh, sweater. He was still in his t-shirt this whole time. It, the sweater. So there, there's like it, it's. I get the impression it's sort of like a museum like kind a of shop. Yeah, it's like a. It's like for like tourists probably in the summertime right. so like oh this was like a climbing holdout for supplies and like for safety in case of like a really bad storm you know you can stay in this perch right here and so they have a case like a glass case and he just like breaks the glass case well, and yeah, takes well, the old sweater the out of it because yeah. yeah, it was does. a museum well he he needs something to wear and yeah. that's the yeah. only piece of clothing it's around funny. they have it behind a glass case they have to break in order to access the we sweater. were joking it was like maybe that was like John Muir's sweater Theodore Roosevelt wore this yeah like what made the sweater historic you know unknowable information yeah sweater that he wears for the rest of the film just about until he takes it off later on to to take his shirt off right show off his muscles right um they are like we need to get the second case before the bad guys get to it so that we can trade the bad guys for it and they right. see they're trying that. to save their friend who the, the yeah. bad guys still have yeah, yeah they still trade the, the second case for uh how yeah and they succeed they get to the second case but they kind of get caught and chased by the bad guys um, in that chase, one of the bad guys is attacked by Stallone, and they're fighting as they slide down an icy, snowy hill. And during this fight, Stallone turns around so that he's on top of the bad guy, shoving his face down into the snowy ice yeah. and like scraping half of it off. Do you guys remember this fight totally. scene? Yeah, hair and makeup going a little hard in the paint. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he slides 
he uses the bad guy as a slide all the way down this mountain and finally stops right before a cliff and the bad guy goes off the cliff and that's that's yeah. that's the next death that we're, mm. we're at now. That was a good stunt too. I it looked real. <laughs> it, it was looked, it looked pretty good. There there's some good punches in there too where he's like it's like it definitely looks like some green screen, blue screen action going on. He's like got him full mount as they're sliding down the mountain. They must and he be just sliding like hundred miles. Hooks him right in. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're hauling ass. They're so coordinated. Yeah, it's a really good fight as they're yeah. both like one's on top sliding on the other one. Like one's there's, on top sliding. There's just no way. <laughs> For sure. Here, roll around in the snow like that's not how it goes. Oh, uh, how. Sly announces that he's still alive to the bad guys. I thought was cool too. Uh, he leaves the case where they are looking for it with a single thousand dollar bill. These were thousand dollar bills, just in case. That on it it says "Wanna trade?" Question mm, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then Hal's like, hey, "You son of a bitch!" You know, like uh. to himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, we're gonna move on. Next death. There were these cool rocker dudes established oh, earlier on in the film. Would you guys like those characters? Do you think they uh... extreme? <laughs> extreme. We like it extreme. They're like the inspiration for uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. There's like a group of five like skateboarder dudes in an orange truck. Like those those characters never happen without cliffhanger. Right. That was the first ever. We like it extreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do like it extreme. They're they're base jumpers. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, they they play like this like sidekick not quite not even sidekick roles like they're just kind of these extra characters they're kind of just like fans of they're the just kids heroes, you know yeah yeah, it, yeah. come My, on man they're just kids oh yeah it was interesting like their role in the movie like they were just they didn't have much of a role when you looked at it like they didn't say much they only had a couple of scenes oh yeah dude and like what what did the movie outcome change because they were there i forget if they like had some uh, kind of significant oh, um, change didn't the one who Managed to base jump off and and Got he met up with by Frank, Frank and then that's how okay. he let Frank know yeah. that. So that's the only on actual plot development that came from those characters. That was probably I, like a total of six minutes of those characters existing. M- my in the movie. theory of why they had to write those characters in the film is because this is this film coming out in like the early '90s. It was the first time that uh, mountain climbing and rock climbing was becoming like commercialized and it was like a mainstream sporting thing. So they need to appeal. That to what they felt the, the base was like, oh, like, oh, these, you know, these young people, these like young, it. like rock and roll extreme <laughs> type. Can, can we tangent really quick? Yeah. Sure. Because based on what you're saying right there, uh, so like mountain climbing, rock climbing, you know, becoming like a big sport. Yeah. Was actually sort of a result of the incident that this whole thing is based off. Yeah. Right. Maybe we should yeah. tackle that right now. Yeah. Because um, I know Derek did some research on that. Well, I think you did. We we could. Oh yeah, we, we could oh, tag yeah, team yeah. it. No, yeah, sure. Um, right. So, uh, I'm sure you're referring to the uh, the plane crash in Yosemite Mountains that the uh, yeah plane full of marijuana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's a classic. It's a real story. Yeah. So, story. so a a cartel plane full of marijuana like crashes into one of the big walls in Yosemite. And uh, basically, only rock climbers. Nobody know. survived. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody survived. Yeah. Uh, only rock climbers were the—they were the only people that were able to get to the spot where it was. Mm-hmm. And so, rather than reporting to police, they—and and this is like—I didn't even do any research. I just know this story. And so, correct me if I'm wrong on any of it. 
Uh, but they basically just wanted it like pound by pound, brought this weed down off of the mountain and then sold it. And they used that money to basically like make sure that everybody had all the proper gear that they needed. Like it, they had like, it was like millions of dollars worth of weed from what I understand. So they, that was like a big injection of cash into the rock climbing community, yeah. which made them kind of more on the national on the forefront as a thing, which then leads to this movie being made, and then they have so it's exactly all kind of full controversy about whether this movie is based on that incident or not. Mm. Um, well, I mean, you have to feel like it's one of those things where, because to continue on the story, like um, certain people in the rock climbing community back then went on to do other things, and one of them was the guy who wrote the script for this movie, John Long. Yeah, John Long was one of the climbers who came down to Los Angeles and started working in movies. Right. And, you know, so it's hard to say. You know, like uh, I even think that they talked about like how he was inspired by that. This is where it gets complicated because John Long was a Yosemite climber during that like uh, that time in 77 where they were getting all this money by selling the weed that they, they found this plane. Um, and then he... Yet yeah, he is credited in the movie not as the screenwriter but as based on a premise by. Okay, um, okay. Because... This other guy, uh, Michael France, claimed he he was the one who put the script in the hands of Sylvester Stallone and Remy Harlan that they bought, and he took all the credit for. Uh, Later, a couple producers came to um, uh, Carolco Pictures, which is the the distribution company that made the film, and they were like, Hey, um, so this film that you just bought off this kid who's never sold a screenplay before, it's actually something that he was developing with two people, including uh, John Long and this other guy, and we're going to sue you if you make this movie without get- giving us credit. So they ended up having to pay those people off. Um, I think they spent about $400,000 just to avoid the lawsuit and ended up giving John Long a premise credit, which is like really seldom used in the industry. Interesting. But um, yeah, so there's a lot of controversy about who wrote the screenplay originally, and all of it's irrelevant because most of the screenplay is Sylvester Stallone anyway. But. I think that the uh, that the story that happened in Yosemite with the plane going down with the drugs um, and the story that happens in this movie, is all it's too close to be coincidence. I feel like they have to yeah. be related, and, and uh, you know, and it, and it would make sense. You know, it's a great, what a great premise for a movie. You know, just add some yeah. villains in and some good guys. I mean, and you've that, got yourself, you could totally see you know, how the movie got script. made that way because they're like, oh, let's make a movie about this incident where the plane crashed and we have all this this drug money. And they're like, oh, we got to throw some villains in there. Yeah. And like, what if we just change it to like bags of cash instead of marijuana? It's that easier. will make it more family sellable, you know, in the 90s. So. Yeah, and and I I gotta say that the the premise is definitely not something that I have issue with. I think the premise is great. Um, the the issue that I have is more in the execution of the production of the movie. Yeah, you, you know, um, one thing that I definitely agree on is is the ending was so it was like, <laughs> you know, like the the bad guy dies, the main yeah. bad guy Eric dies, and they save, um. Like all, the, who who was saved? It was like uh, they don't even save them. They leave them on the mountain. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Wait, so like, did they leave on the mountain? 
They leave uh, Hal and... Oh, Hal is his friend. Yeah. Hal, Jesse, and... So the bad guy dies, Dave. and then they just sit there, and they're like, well... And that and that's the end of the movie. Like, the, the roll credits, they Victory zoom out. And, and it's like, there was no resolution yeah. between the, the two friends who, you know... I, I was yeah. disappointed about that, too. You didn't have a moment where Hal... There's no moment of forgiveness, because there's all this unresolved tension between the two friends where one of them doesn't forgive... The other for killing his girlfriend. Bringing the story full circle. They, yeah. they didn't have a moment they where they, they brought the story full circle. Right. Like yeah. So, like, at one point in time, Hal is hanging Stallone over the side yeah, of the mountain, like, a few friend. hundred feet up. Yeah. Earlier that first, day. Yeah, yeah his, when they his first friend, interact before they run into the machine gun people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah his, his, his friend meets him on, like, so Hal is basically going to go tackle this mission by himself to rescue these people. And Stallone's character, which I can't remember his name. Gabe. Gabe yeah. He... He basically knows that Hal is going by himself, so and that Hal hates him. But he's like, "Well, I'm going to go help anyway." So he climbs up and meets him higher up, and it kind of surprises him. He's like, "Hey, let me help you out." And Hal's like, "Fuck you!" And like grabs him, hangs him off the side. He's like, "You don't have to live with it like I do." And Stallone's like, "You don't have to. You don't have to live with looking in her eyes oh, as yeah. I as she fell." And here's the quote from that. Yeah, thank you. Sylvester Stallone tells him to drop it, Just and drop Hal it. says, "No, buddy, it was you who dropped it." Yeah, it's kind of it uh, here being yeah, it's kind of insulting. His he refers to his deceased girlfriend as it. <laughs> but, oh my god! Point taken. But I was like, wow, that was, kind of, that was direct. Yeah, kind of an inappropriate joke, you know. Now we know what he's talking about. What's with the punchline? As the audience weren't sure. By the way, how did you guys get the impression that this was like the love of his life? Like he's he's. Destroyed, Sarah. no, Sarah. Like they were, they just. This is like a fourth date kind of thing. It could have, he could have had high hopes, you know. <laughs> Plus, fourth then date, you romanticize it. Four thousand foot mountain. <laughs> if you went on four dates with a chick, you really liked her, and then she died, you would, you would constantly well, think about what could have happened. Derek, you're a, you're probably the best rock climber of all of us. Um, which date would you take a girl rock climbing on? It depends on the girl. If uh, if I knew that she was a rock climber, it say would it's probably a stereotype. Sorry, she's she's not a rock climber. If she if okay, if I knew she wasn't a rock climber, I'd probably take her on the fourth date. Yeah. There you go, fourth exactly. Thanks for backing me up, yeah. buddy. I took like I took my ex on. She wasn't a rock climber. I took her there on a first date. Did you guys do that like what you did at El Capitan or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, did you freak no, no, no. It was a rock climbing gym. <laughs> because you, you guys agree, Sarah, she had never gone rock climb before. Like she she's terrified. I, that wasn't her first time up no. there. They, no, no. She they said something climber, about her but being a beginner. She's a beginner. That's a hardcore so she flaw may, she in the movie. Done some mild rock climbing. Mild, but except for that they're climbing with mountain. no ropes. I mean, yeah, but no rope. Like people, people yeah. that free solo are prof- are the best climbers in the world. Like, they don't they like people like Alex Honnold and they might have had ropes you know, just off screen. Yeah. Well, but know? like the point of the movie though was that they didn't. You know, like yeah, definitely. Like there's no inc- there's nothing to to suggest that they are using ropes at any point in no. the climbs. They're not belaying each other. Yeah. They're just climbing. Free in solo. fact, the only real rope. So well, there's two ropes that I can remember in the movie. And one of them breaks. One of them is the orange rope tied around his ankle that the bad guys can like tug him so down with. So they can with. pull him back down. It, and that seems like <laughs> a legit climbing rope. Sense. 
The other rope, the only other rope that I can think of is also taken from that uh, little oh, dugout the, or the smash perch. the glass to get to it. Yeah, yeah and it's like a 60-year-old rope that they, is like ready to go. They literally say, oh, it's a 60-year-old rope. Yeah, yeah she, she asks him, she's like, <laughs> she's like do you trust this? Yeah, is this going to hold? And he's like, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Let's wow. go. They jump off the cliff. Don't think so. Uh, yeah. on, on the note, though, since we're talking about equipment, one like little tidbit about you know the scene where Sarah's harness breaks. Uh, the movie had to do, that's a, a Black Diamond harness. The movie had to do a disclaimer so that they wouldn't hurt Black Diamond's profits being like, hey, we designed the harness to break this way. Uh, it's yeah, actually a pretty good that. harness. Um, we don't want to hurt their business. So Yeah, that, that's that, interesting yeah. little tidbit. Oh, so it wasn't a real accident that killed Sarah in the movie? <laughs> no, that would be pretty bad. It would be bad business for they Black Diamond. They didn't know that was no, going to happen that real. day. What was set, really bad like, oh, is that they rewrite. didn't get cameras down on the ground to get the splat. <laughs> yeah, seriously. If they would have known. <laughs> I wanted to watch her explode at the bottom. No, that would take me so out of it. I mean, that they, scene was just In high so velocity, they have the impact of the bottom. Oh, uh, vertical limit? <laughs> oh, yeah. High yeah, velocity. Yeah, my bad. I always call it that. I always call it that. But yes, you're right. There is that scene that's brutal. It's like. Uh, Bam! That's right, the opening the scene that stole from this one. They were like, hey, we need one more shot. Let's put it yeah. down at the bottom of the That scene, okay, you're talking about iconic scenes to start off the, the, the Ver- vertical, vertical limit. limit cannot beat this. It was totally ripping. <laughs> They're ripping off this movie. Oh, okay. This so you're saying it has to be an unrelated, you well, know, because I mean, that is an iconic scene, too. Just cut the rope! I mean, be a man! And he has his son cut him loose. <laughs> that's I, fucking I don't think that brutal. exist if this movie didn't come out. Same with, like, Ace Ventura, like, could say that's the most iconic opening scene of all time. <laughs> I mean, you didn't give us, you know, rules at the beginning when you asked. <laughs> <laughs> but the it, most iconic was the fuck. the ripoff of this movie was the most iconic. Yeah, scene. this no, one not tried. This one. Cliffhanger ripoff. tried its best, but Vertical Limit. Yeah. Oh my God, Vertical Limit. Yeah. Oh, maybe we'll watch it. Li- yeah. Different episode. <laughs> maybe. So uh, the rockers. There were the two rockers. I call them rockers. Uh, they one of them gets killed by the bad guys. The other one parachutes down. Base jumps away from the enemy and survives, uh, barely. He's found by Frank, who's the fourth rescue guy. He's like the old mentor guy, and he's he likes sweet. The yeah, he's the innocent one. And uh, he starts looking around to try and rescue his friends, who are like all missing on this weird rescue mission. And there's bullets and stuff, and, and the rocker got shot in the back. Weird. So, <laughs> Meanwhile, um, Sylvester Stallone and Jesse are running from the bad guys at every turn, trying to make it to the last case. They're caught up in the ice cave. They're caught in the ice cave, and in this kill, Sylvester Stallone picks up the bad guy and thrusts him upwards into a stalactite. I think this was such a cool death piercing scene. Piercing his spine and spraying Stallone with his blood from underneath. Him. Props oh, yeah. to uh, Stallone's ability to do the uh, the overhead press or what kind of whatever that. Yeah. Like that that must take a lot of muscle strength to push a guy into yep. a stalactite and pierce his body. Yep. So I've got another quote written down from that scene. Uh, it happens a few minutes before uh, he he uh, kills the guy. Uh, or it's actually it's actually right before um, Jesse. Like so, the bad guy drops his gun. Jesse grabs the gun and she thinks she's got him. So oh, she yeah. points it at him, pulls the trigger, and it clicks. Right. And he looks at her and goes, "No bullets, bitch!" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. One yeah. of the best lines in the movie. Yeah. He had a lot of lines like that. Like he was just, no he said like, in over the top, like intense lines like that. Yeah. So that that one that one got a laugh out of me, and was I wrote it down. Yeah. The actor. Uh, I don't know what his name is. You guys said he was from uh, Total Recall. Yeah. He kind of looks like that He's guy. Like the mutant guy. I uh, didn't confirm it though. 
Ah, no, so, okay, uh, fun fact from someone who wasn't able to be here tonight. Uh, my neighbor, Gio, uh, joined us last night to watch Cliffhanger, and he's he, actually, he knows he quite a, a bit about of movies, movies too. Yeah, he could be a cool guest. Yeah, he wasn't able to make it tonight, but he f- threw me some facts, and he set some of ours straight. So, like, we thought that the, um, what was the name of that character that we were just talking about that got murdered on the... Uh, I never caught his name. Okay, that character. The um, actor's name is Leon. Okay, the actor, Leon. One of the villain characters with the... Uh, with the uh, automatic pistol. Yeah. Anyway, we thought that he was the actor that um, played the taxi driver in Total Recall who had the mutant uh, coming out of his chest. We were like, we were certain. And then this morning, my friend Gio looked it up and he's like, no, nah, actually it wasn't. So it's not, mm. it's oh, not the actor. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to Gio. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, after this death, we're getting close to the end here. Frank, the nice innocent guy, is killed by Bond girl villain who, like, she pulls him in acting cute and dying on the cliff and he lands his helicopter and she is like, stop. Oh, but she isn't actually the one that pulls the trigger. It's the soccer guy that pulls the trigger and kills him. Uh, Right in front of Hal, who's now seen, you know, his buddy die and has thought that Sylvester Stallone was dead at least two times because they also escaped an explosion just now. Uh, On that antique rope that we were talking about earlier. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Frank's dead. And then one of the bad guys has this, you know, the two main bad guys, the other guy was like the American mustache bad guy who's like, you know, the working class bad guy. We're talking about... Fetch! Not... <laughs> that guy. You know, yeah, the guy, the guy who the works Australian for the treasury. He's oh, the, yeah. The, the soccer the, guy. Uh, the bald-headed the treasury. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's yeah. like the inside on it. The mastermind he's, sort of hired he's him, the but only he's guy like, you've got to keep me codes. alive. Yeah, and yeah, he's the one. Right. Well, he knows the code so that they'll keep him alive. They won't kill yeah. him. Take the money. Right, right. He and the but, other guy are you talking get about in a Travers? clash. Yes, Travers, Travers. agent. Travers, the eight, the, the Turn, turned agent, bad agent. Um, he says, "Okay, well, now I'm gonna get the money because something." And then the British guy's like, "Well, you're gonna have to keep me alive because I'm gonna shoot my girlfriend right here." <laughs> Because so I'm then I'll be the only pilot. That was yeah. apparently he has, to, he has to kill his own girlfriend just to ensure that he has to kill his own pilot. girlfriend, the pilot, so that the other bad guy knows that now Quaylen, who we didn't know he was a pilot, apparently he's now the only guy that can fly them to Maybe safety. He's not a pilot, he's just I'm saying well, he's got he, A plus survival tactics. He's very uh, talented. Yeah, <laughs> this talented is where man, a quote man. that I wrote, my favorite quote, maybe. He whispers into his girlfriend's ear. They've been really sweet to each other this whole movie. Say what you will about them. This whole movie, they've been sweet to each other. They're supportive. She's always coming up with a plan, and he's like, wow, you're really impressive. It's relationship goals. So he points a gun at her, and he says, you know what true love is? And she says, and this is my favorite part of the quote. She says, no. That's her whole line. (laughs) And he says, Sacrifice. Sacrifice. And then he shoots, he shoots her six her. times, I feel like, like in the oh chest. My gosh. Yeah, it's bam, bam, bam. Really loud. Yeah. And mustache um, guy is like, wow, why did he shoot her so many times? It's really loud. It's going to bring everybody down. Yeah. They all go back to after Sylvester Stallone. Um, everybody else dies. Hal gets a kill. So I can't, I can't remember where this... Gets a kill. So this, uh, this isn't really a quote, but it, I just... Thought it was significant, so I wrote it down. But I don't. It's like I can see the scene in my head. It was basically like I think it's Lithgow, and he's he thinks Stallone is on the other side of this like uh, snow like 
hill. There's like a little hill. And there's like these little bunny ears, and he thinks uh, it's like a hand, so he starts just like unloading. Yeah, that was mustache guy doing that. Oh, so yeah. that's, that's mustache guy doing that. And then it's just it's just like a little bunny rabbit, mm. oh, yeah. um, which is kind of you know it's meant to be there for like a comedic break and all the action that's happening, right? Well, the, the what I wrote down is that's maybe the only movie where a bunny gets shot at by a machine gun. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, I have something to say about this scene because uh, the original shot. The um, the bunny uh, did not survive the machine gun fire, <laughs> and so they played it for the test screenings, and um, the, the crowd reaction was so negative for the bunny's death that <laughs> Sylvester Stallone put up a hundred thousand dollars of his own money for them to reshoot the scene so that the bunny would survive and go away. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so 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 he. I thought you were saying like a bunny was killed by the. By the effect. Oh like no, no 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 no! <laughs> like in the movie, it, to to just to illustrate how evil thought, these guys are. Yeah, I thought they would that bunny was bunny. gonna die. Yeah, no, but that's great. Yeah. I I think that uh, made the right whoever choice. directed the, I think it's the sixth or one of the seventh Harry Potter movies should have taken note of that <laughs> and not killed Dobby. That was a pretty unnecessary oh. murder. Spoiler. Right. Um. Spoiler, this movie's bad. I, I, I haven't seen it. So uh, the bunny survives. Um, no death there. Australian guy who just finally, he's decided to become important and he has like a whole monologue. Yeah. He never, he speaks, he, he says fetch earlier. Is this the striker guy? Yeah, striker. Okay. And uh, Striker. He's, it, it's, they're like, okay, you can take out Hal now. He's become no longer useful. <laughs> And Hal got a knife off of Frank's dead body. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on. So he's beating the shit out of Hal, and he's telling him that soccer is really fun. Yeah. Well, he's been, yeah. 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 <laughs> is that that's the gist of that conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. Also, in that in that scene, it seems like they walked like maybe like a thousand yards away, because then it like jumps over to one of the other bad guys. And he's like so far away from where they are, and it. But it like just they were just talking, like right. It was he's the, like he's like was, go kill Hal, and he's like all right, I'm gonna walk way over here. Yeah, it was basically the bunny killing scene was what was next to that scene. Like they were together. <laughs> he did a really good. His monologue was great though. He's like he's like the striker moves into position, you know, setting right. himself up for the goal, and then like kicks him hard in the face. Yeah. Oh you no, know, these like, dudes got yeah. beat, beat up. Yeah. Both uh, Sylvester Stallone and Hal, man. You like, it's like he knows how to kick. The kidneys, they kept getting kicked in the face. It's like freezing cold. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> They're eating power bars. That was interesting. Was Product that? placement. That was like the the bad guys were all eating power bars. Oh, really? Oh, you think this movie got some, some residuals from them? Probably not. There was only one scene where they eating the power bars. That, that seemed to me like That's they all just they need threw for them an in. advertisement. Yeah. I bought one on my way home after seeing Did that you? movie. Wow. What was the coolest death of the movie? Oh, still like David Death. death. That's hard that to think so. We're oh, almost man. through him. We're here. Let me listen oh, to the next we ones. We're almost yeah. through him. Mustache guy dies next. He catches up to Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone falls beneath the ice and is about to die. And then um, instead pulls out a pistol. We did. I swear to God, we didn't see him take the pistol. Well, when he's underwater? Yeah, yeah he's underwater. Oh, yeah. And the bad guy's on top of him, like, ready to shoot him. And he's like, ha-ha, I win. But then Sylvester Stallone pulls out this pistol. It's got to be from the guy that he uh, stalactited. And shoots John Lithgow uh, right through the ice. Yeah. No, not not. not <laughs> Wait, hold on. It can't even be that guy, guy because yeah, that guy's mustache. bullets were all gone. 
Right. So he had to have a sidearm, you know? Well, well, in where did he get the pistol? That's what we're that we don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't but know he, where he gets that his gun. His pistol that he was drowning with, he pulls it out and shoots Mustache Guy in the head. And He's like, oh, I just remembered. I have this through the ice. Yeah. <laughs> this pistol. Hal pulls him out of the ice, and Mustache Guy falls beneath the ice and dies. Wow, this is a crazy scene. Now there's only one bad guy left, and it is uh, British Max Quaylen. Yep, Quaylen. So we're getting into that last death. Yeah, with, you guys uh, want to describe the climactic scene? Oh boy, because we're here. Yeah, let's do it. Who 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 wants to take it? Uh, so there's a scene where um, Sylvester Stallone and the main bad guy Eric are you know they are about to meet in the climactic battle at the end of the movie. Sylvester Stallone's character has the money, and he's taunting, he's luring in um, Eric, the the villain, with his greed. Come closer. Yeah, come closer. He's like. He's like, throw now, it in. And then Quaylen's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So like, I guess so. Well, it was he's funny. flying a helicopter. Yeah, he's flying a helicopter. That. He's so, he's, the bad guy is so overcome with greed that he's willing to fly his helicopter close enough to the cliff. Doesn't occur to him for, that Sylvester Stallone might not be. Well, like, there's a cable hanging from the helicopter, you know, and, he, and he's so consumed with greed that, like, Jesse escapes the helicopter. So now he doesn't have his, uh, his yeah, assurance, his insurance plan, yeah. his hostage. So then he's, you know, he's consumed with greed, and he's like, "Throw it in!" And so little Buster Stallone's character is holding the cash. He's like, "Right!" And he throws it, you know, <laughs> just right up into the prop. Bam! Shatters the whole thing, you know, giving taking away the reward. Destroy the case. They, yeah, he destroyed all the money. Yeah, that they were trying to. Oh yeah, so, that, there's so now there's no money. Thousand dollar bill left. Threw it off a cliff. Yeah. threw it into a heli- helicopter. Everyone, all of the bad guys are dead, and literally. Right. All of them are dead except for this main bad guy. He wants the money. He's gonna escape with the helicopter. He, they take the um, Sylvester Stallone's character takes the cable, connects it to the cliff, and now the helicopter's stuck. And they like f- it flows over the cliff and down and exp- you know breaks apart and goes tumbling down <laughs> the crashes cliff, upside down. upside down. But it's hanging. It's not all the way down yet. It's hanging on by this thread still, of a ladder. He was still in it. Quaylen was still in it. Yeah, right? he's still in. And Sylvester Stallone's character oh, no, had he, jumped over the cliff. on top of it. Yeah, yeah, so Sylvester yeah. Stallone had held onto the ladder that's hanging over the cliff, and the helicopter's pulling the ladder off the cliff, but it holds on just enough so that they both land on top of, like, or he lands on top of the helicopter. Of an inverted helicopter. It was yeah. upside down, crashed helicopter over a, you know, an million overhang. foot drop yeah. to yeah. death, and that's where the final fight scene happens. Yeah. Also, Green. one of my other favorite lines in the movie. Yeah. The final, his final line. Sylvester Ooh, yeah. Stallone's final line. Keep your... Arms and legs out of the vehicle at all oh. times, and he kicks him into the helicopter. And as he like, yeah, you know, somehow he kicks him from the top of the bottom of the helicopter, <laughs> yeah. so that when he falls, he falls into. Yeah, he does a complete swing, and then <laughs> the helicopter drops. Yeah, and explodes at the bottom of the cliff—a gigantic explosion. And, yeah. and this is actually my last note. This is the last thing that I had written down. Uh, Pretty sick zoom in on Lithgow right before he explodes in the helicopter. <laughs> Was there a good? I can't remember. Yeah, there's just like so. So keep in mind, he's outside the helicopter fighting on top of it as it's upside down. Yeah. Right. And then he gets like kicked off of the helicopter. The helicopter falls. He goes back in the helicopter. 
helicopter then explodes, and right as it does, the camera zooms right in on his yeah. face, and it's like, oh, boom. We had to be sure he was in there. It, re- it reminds me of the head exploding scene in Big Trouble Little China. Like, it's <laughs> not as, like, it's not as cheeseball, like, fake effects like the Big Trouble Little China effects. is. But it's the same kind of like zoom in, eyes wide, oh no, oh! boo, and then the whole helicopter explodes. Uh, you know, um, speaking of this scene too, there is another similarity in movies that had the exact same kind of scene happening and it played out the same way too. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where Indiana Jones is battling the Nazi general on the tank as it's about to roll towards the cliff. Yeah. And they're battling it out, you know, each one's oh, yeah, taking blows. Yeah. You know, the general is taking Indiana Jones's face and grinding it against the treads, and then they Ouch. flip over and, like, fall back into the tank, and they're running out of time because the cliff is coming up, and right before, you know, the tank goes over the cliff, Indiana Jones takes his whip out and rips onto the, you know, whatever, and <laughs> and there's this scene, like Chase is talking about, where they zoom in. The, as the tank is falling off the cliff towards the ground, they do the zoom in yeah. on the on and the Nazis general's face. Tank, oh! like... Zooms in and bam! And there's this huge explosion and yeah. Which, which it's the same exact thing because Stallone is also like as he's going over the side. Yeah, at he one jumps point. for the ladder. Yeah, swinging by one arm, which yeah. he, he, uh, Chase was saying. I think he does that like five times in that movie where <laughs> he like falls but catches himself by one arm. He's literally of a cliff, cliff hanging. Yeah, yeah. he's literally cliff hanging, hanging in like several different parts of the movie. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Oh, and that's man. the end. That's literally he gets to the top of the hill, and they're like, "Good job!" And that's the end. As everybody has mentioned, credits well, roll. Well, so very abrupt. To elaborate on that, on the ending, uh, so who's flying the plane? It's the FBI agents. Oh yeah, that were they didn't need to be in so, the movie. So they at were all. they were only in the very well they they do have a purpose in the movie because they explain why they're thousand dollar bills because like uh, at the beginning of the movie they're talking about moving you know the hundred million dollars in cash uh, they do it in thousand dollar bills because uh, you can't just, just like go spend a thousand dollar bill anywhere they would know where you got the money right so they put it all in this uh, unspendable currency um, which. The English guy has a way of cashing those Somehow. out, you know, which they don't cover at all. Yeah. He's he's a rich guy. So we don't see these FBI agents the rest of the movie. They they're they're the ones sort of like briefing Travers, who Travers turns out to be one. Of, uh, he turns out to be a bad guy. He's like a mole. Right. Uh. So then those agents come back at the end of the movie in a helicopter in suits, and you're just kind of sitting there like, who are these guys? Like. <laughs> You know, because you're not, you're now nearly two hours later, and you haven't seen these characters at all, and these there's just guys in suits in a helicopter, and you're like, what's going on? They show up right as and they the they bad cruise up, and without raising their voices at all, they casually have a conversation <laughs> with the people on the ground. Right? Like, hey, what what's going on We're out the here? Bad guys. Where and are he's they? like, oh well, we took them out. <laughs> And he's like, all right, cool, later. And the helicopter yeah. leaves and yeah. credits start rolling. And yeah. then you see the helicopter like going away, leaving <laughs> the three people he stranded says, on the top. says, if you're looking for Quaylen, he's about 4,000 feet south of here. <laughs> Which, again, he's not <laughs> south of there. <laughs> but I love The that. helicopter goes you know, south, and you're just like, oh. that was a great, uh, that was a great line. That's a good idea. Oh. I didn't catch that until you. Here's my it, opinion I think on if the credits they had, rolling. If they had stuck the landing and the ending, I might have 
a different viewpoint of the movie overall. It, it was but they ending. just completely butchered the ending. You just mean and, the fact and that I it was ended I was abruptly. on the fence. Well, j- there's a lot of things. Not just that it ended ab- abruptly, but they just don't give you any kind of resolution. You know, like okay. like a, you got to have that to some extent. That's and where... I was I was sitting there on the fence, like, do I like this movie? Do I not like this movie? <laughs> and they just ki- they just terrible job of the ending. Yeah. And I I literally wrote terrible ending. <laughs> and then the movie ends, and I was just like, no, nope, um, I guess I'm falling off the fence, and this is a bad movie. Like, <laughs> what what's your view on the ending, Jake? I differ from all three of you. I I'd like to say that that abrupt ending, <laughs> it's just in line with, was absolutely. It it had been finished. The story was finished. <laughs> I love an ending like that so much. And you'll see it. I think we'll see it in a lot of these movies that we watch. We'll see endings like that where it's like, oh, the climax is over. Like, he's got the girl. Roll the cred. Like, we uh. understood everything that was happening to that point. And we talked about how the two were supposed to, like, make up and, and resolve their differences. Yeah. But, like, true men... They resolved their differences yeah, in battle. Sensitive shit. They they helped each other up. They yeah, killed yeah. bad guys together. Yeah. And they were like, we need to go. They worked together. They How just, did it was over. They size, moved but, on. Yeah. That's a good point. I think if this movie came out today, uh, it would not be able to have that ending. Like you would need some sort of emotional resolution between the characters. And it's also, and back then maybe it was uncomfortable to do that. And I called this early on in the movie too. Uh, Gabe has a redemption moment when Jesse is about to fall from his hands. He's yes. got his hand oh, outstretched, holding Jesse moment. by the hand, yeah. the same way that Sarah died. And I'm like, guys, this is going to happen later in the movie so that we can see that Gabe is now stronger. Yeah. Like, I don't know, emotionally stronger. And he did it. He saves her. Yeah. And I'm like, every every piece of growth that we actually needed from a screenwriter's perspective happened in the course of that uh, movie, which was longer than I expected. Like, it kind of dragged later good, on. Good on uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone for saving the girl that he actually had, like, sexual chemistry with <laughs> yeah. of the two. I she was a babe. If, if he would have well, been well, having sex with Sarah, he would have saved her. He totally <laughs> has sexual chemistry with Sarah. But They're, they're making t- jokes about him yeah. banging her, and then the other guy's on the other side of the zip line, and he's like, hey, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Quit flirting with her, or... Yeah, and then she kisses him on the mouth. Uh, on, on the that, cheek, was, right? that was interesting. Yeah, I was like, I thought it that's was the interesting. Cheek. It was like that's, people don't do that. It's the eighties, you know. Yeah. yeah, it was the eighties greeting uh, kiss. I mean, I actually kind of remember my parents like doing that with their like, friends. family friends. Yeah, interesting. Like, it, like always, man to woman, you know. Huh. But it that, like I remember that earlier in like when I was younger, and I nobody does that now. Very interesting. I feel like it's like a cultural thing we kind of just got rid of. Same thing. The other thing we got rid of is the ending, where <laughs> once we know who's alive and who's dead, we roll the credits. I it's yeah. there's truth to that. Like Rocky, like uh, f- right after the yeah. fight, they roll the credits. So that's a very like, Stallone kind of theme. Yeah, he was yeah. the writer. And like Lethal Weapon, I believe it happens too in the first Lethal Weapon. I, I rolls the credits after they kill the bad guys. I love when they just don't have anything redeemable about the villains, so that I I feel oh, no remorse no, no. for their deaths. <laughs> there was there's, nothing just, okay about those. Villains. Yeah, there's no human like semblance of. They killed a bunny them. in the deleted scene. They were like, I loved how I actually really liked how diabolical the main bad guy was. Like, of course it was over so the top. over the top. <laughs> I, I was I was doing a little research on the on the movies today though, and there was a guy that made a point. He's like, the movie was never made to be realistic. You know. It, it was made yeah. to be a popcorn movie. You yeah. Know? So it's like the point is to be over the top and and highly entertaining. You know. Speaking of, they and they achieved that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I thought they achieved that. My, I'll give my 
the rating. I've got a rating for the movie. So like we we did the rating. Oh, we uh, should we do point? the ratings now? Or should do uh, should we wait? Are we ready for him? Uh, there's a, usually like a good way to end the podcast. We got fair enough. Oh. Yeah, we got yeah, plenty we, more stuff. Keep going. But, um, but yeah, talking about there that like debatably the weakness or the success of the movie is that it had these crazy stunts that are totally unbelievable. There are stunts that didn't make it in the movie because it got laughed out of the <laughs> test screenings, <laughs> like, like the, including stunts they already had incorporated into the key marketing like shots like oh, there's like the poster the of him jump like jumping from a- across a wall um you remember that scene with the bridge like that little bridge that yeah. blows yeah. up yeah so in the original uh the original scene the bridge blows up he has they have to go back and then sylvester stallone <laughs> just jumps across the gorge from one side to the other Whoa. and lands it <laughs> and then uh that sounds like vertical yeah. limit. All, all he I did think. a crazy jump like that though in the movie. Yeah, he did. It must not have been that big. Not like this, he like this one is like a two hundred foot. Oh, jump. I remember he's running from getting shot at, and he just jumps off of a cliff, and oh, he falls yeah. off he the cliff for like thirty <laughs> seconds. Yeah. yeah, and he like lands, and in we're some like, trees oh, what's he gonna and... land yeah. on? But he just falls. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He's got a plan. Oh, <laughs> this is he just plan. jumped out the side of the mountain. So apparently Stallone had to confront uh he he claims to be deathly afraid of fights. He had to uh, Oh wow. Th- this was a very strange movie for him to take on that. Just to um, get over his fears. Yeah, he had no climbing experience. Um he found that climbing made his hands rough and coarse, which was an inconvenience to his golf game and also his uh the models he was dating would complain about. His his Hands. He's a man. He's a manly man. Sounds like a tough life. <laughs> supermodels. I don't want your hands. He's you 47 years old. Right. Having right. supermodels complain about the coarseness <laughs> of his hands. Yeah. You're just too manly. From his uh, next action film that he's making. Yeah. Shame. Yeah. Do you guys want to guess uh, box office results? Ooh, uh, can we talk about budget before you oh, hit that? Yeah. Go for it. Or, or do you... I was hoping you had. I, I had a budget yeah. amount. It was like seventy-three million, right? Yeah, it was seven. I uh, seventy-three. Was it? I, I guess it could have been seventy-three. It was originally seventy million, so maybe they okay. had a few extra um, for the bunny to to make the bunny live. Cost yeah, seventy million. million was their budget. Seventy million was the budget. Wow. Um, compared to like the budget for Die Hard is like, I think they said ten million and they stretched it to sixteen million. I think like because of like locations that they had to find for us, like they had to shoot. Yeah. They, the, most of the movie was actually shot in Italy, like all the mountains yeah. and stuff. They had to go there. Italian and helps. Hel- helicopters are expensive to get on set, you know. And then you got stuntman and crazy like action stunts. I mean, if you're paying a yeah. million dollars just for one stunt, like, yeah, so it's like an expensive a... endeavor because it's like a lot of high risk. Well, it's just kind of interesting because like Die Hard, they spend sixteen million and they had to fight tooth and nail to get that sixteen million. They had to switch studios because of it. And then basically cliffhanger. Some people say that it's a it's a ripoff of Die Hard. Oh, it's absolutely. Die Hard in a climbing situation. The, Michael Frank, one of the screenwriters, he says seventy that. million on it, which is nearly five times as much money. There was a reason. Um, there was multiple companies that funded it, so like it wasn't funded by one movie company. They, uh, Carl Caralco, didn't have enough money to fund the movie, so they had other companies come in to fill in the budget. Yeah, you try start this cliffhanger. Yeah. And that's not even counting the five million dollars they spent in pre-production on rewriting scripts for concepts for movies that never even got produced. Right. Does that also 
factor in the amount of money that Stallone shelled out out of his own pocket? I think it does. But yeah, he he shelled out like at least a million dollars of his own money just to get this movie. Well, it sounds made. like it was like a uh, one million one hundred thousand because he what was the hundred thousand? I feel like bunny. if, you, if <laughs> I money. if yeah. I had the money and I was like I would love to be in a cliff jumping explosive action film at this stage of my career, I'd dish in a couple mils for it. Yeah. Well, especially it because back. yeah, like he you know. I, I can relate f- uh, from a creative aspect. It's like, let's say, like, there's something that I would want, would have wanted done, like, in an album that we were making, but, like, for some reason, the budget wouldn't allow it. It's like, I'd kick in my own money to make it happen yeah. if it was important enough to me. Plus, he's one like, of the writers for the movie, too. It's like, he's, he's yeah, put it, so much blood, sweat. Well, yeah, and he, pay, he cares about the result. You know, he yeah. wants it to be a good movie. Yeah, and he's, if you think about the little bit over a million that he put in, that's really only a little over 1% of the total budget. True, yeah, it's $70 million. That's a huge budget for 93. Yeah, I have no concept budget. box office, though. Uh, my guess would be. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of potential to $160 million. I'm, I'm going to say 123 Where Are we going with domestic box office or, uh, domestic. or worldwide? I, I guess domestic. Did it tell me? Uh, you guys are. Uh, Derek, do you have a guess? I, I already know what the answer is. I oh, oh you looked it up. Yeah. I think you guys uh, overestimated it a little bit. It Damn. earned. Eighty-four million dollars domestically, worldwide, uh, two hundred and fifty-five. Hey, so it was a it was a hit. So they liked it overseas. They were like, "This is America." This movie. There's an illegal action scene in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, or, or sorry, there's an illegal action scene in this movie. <laughs> and I got my. Uh, I have my. Uh, all of my fingertips are very close together, and they're pointed towards the ceiling. Oh, they know. I, I can. They know. Vouch for that. <laughs> uh, you can read it in his lips or guess, in his voice. Guess where it placed uh, on the year for highest-grossing movies of '93. I don't know. In America, '93. Uh, oh, in the world, there's a lot of really good movies in '93. Tenth uh, place. I can't say that I know them off the top of my head. Maybe if, I can I, can I look at here. a list and then guess which one is the highest grossing? Oh, <laughs> you could do that on your phone without spoiling the answer. I think so. Typically, when you look at a uh, movies that came out in a year, they don't tell you. I, how uh, it's I have been the made. top seven here. Oh, it's okay. So it's, it's so Mickey it's came out number seven. <laughs> oh, number seven. <laughs> it came out. It, nice. Yeah, it's the seventh highest grossing movie of the year. Good for Sly. Other um, other movies in that seven were The Fugitive. Schindler's List, Jurassic Park, Mrs. Doubtfire, Indecent Proposal, and The Firm. You guys seen The Firm? That's Th- those were the highest grossing? Yeah. Because there's also like a bunch of really good movies that came out that year that were not on that list that you just gave. Yeah. Like uh, Groundhog Day, Ooh, nice. Tombstone, Cool Tombstone. Holy shit, good year. Uh, was Schindler's List on that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, the Sandlot, Nightmare Before Christmas. I've Dang. never seen The Sandlot. I want to um, talk about. I some, think you said The Fugitive by Harrison Ford. Real quick. Dazed and Confused. What's uh, Eating Gilbert Grape? Movie. Sorry, hold on. There's, there's like, there's a bunch here. <laughs> I know. We know. <laughs> Robin Hood, Men in Tights. It's not the best year. I think the best year is probably ninety four, ninety seven. But uh, Hocus Pocus is ninety three. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. This is doubtful. Oh, yeah, Demolition Man. Another I, Stallone I movie. That. 93. Two. Good year for Stallone. <laughs> what were you oh, about Rudy. I was going to say that yeah. this this film, Cliffhanger, uh, this is a fun fact that's not true, <laughs> inspired the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, yeah, here we go. Oh. In many ways. All right. So, starting with Batman Begins, 
there's a cave and cliffhanger where they get to the top of the cave, Sylvester Stallone and Jesse, and they say, wait, don't move. And Jesse's like, ah! And there's bats everywhere. And this was inspiration for the Batcave, clearly, in Batman Begins. Wow. Next. Especially the way that the all the... Uh, the way that the bats fly in that oh, yeah. scene is very, very similar to how they do it in uh, Batman Begins. It's with their wings. It was also a kind of funny scene because they'd been shot at so many times at this point that these bats flying <laughs> yeah, near at this them point. <laughs> yeah. shouldn't be as terrifying as, as it and was she, told. She puts her hand yeah. like right in the bat waist, too. Yeah. And she's Guano. Just like, what is that? Guano. So is it, Ace Ventura? Ace Ventura. moving on to the second of the trilogy, trilogy Dark Knight opens with, ooh, Cli- talking about climactic scene openings, Dark Knight with the bank robbery, that was a great scene. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, point Break. Point Break. See, and also Zipline in that, in uh, Zipline in Dark Knight. Did point so there Break we go. have a Zipline? No, no. Uh, the Zipline oh, between in, the planes. In, so yeah. in Dark Knight in the heist scene, the Joker running this heist kills one guy after the other as they complete their job so that their take is only split eventually one way from their robbery this is the entire concept of the bad guys plan from the first time we see the bad guys he's like okay you two are on my team but i'm gonna kill you now because that means less money for you guys and more for us and every time somebody's not useful they retire them so that's where the dark knight got it and finally and perhaps most iconically in the dark knight rises there is a airplane to airplane hijacking yeah same as in this wow. film. He totally. And the, the mustache guy, when he's got like his whole get up and his vest and his backpack, he does resemble Bane, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, because he's got that big face mask. Especially on. when yeah. it's when like got like a breather. He's got a big yeah. face mask on. He's doing his he's killed like everybody on the plane. He's doing his across the zip line thing. That's Bane. So just totally. so you guys know Christopher Nolan loves this movie. Yeah, you this should is too. Christopher Nolan's For sure. favorite movie. Yeah. And and clearly uh, whoever directed the Ace Ventura movies also loves Cliff Hang. Yeah, totally. Right. Which uh, I don't know who directed. It's um, it's the same guy who did um, uh, Enter the Fist, Kung Pao, directed Ace Ventura. Oh, uh, when calls. yeah, yeah, yeah. His Steve uh, uh, Odekirk. Odekirk, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Shadyak. No, that's the first Ace Ventura. Od- Odekirk's a pretty funny guy. Yeah, definitely. We we should we should cover one of his movies. I would do Enter the Fist. All right, That's what do you guys got left for Cliffhanger? Uh, so uh, the movie was gonna have a sequel, uh, because it was a it was a success. It was number seven on the year. So Cliffhanger. St- Stallone was set to reprise his his character Gabe. Yeah. A great, uh, Gabe, uh, and the sequel is gonna be set on the Hoover Dam. Uh, sort of the premise is Die Hard <laughs> on a Dam. God damn it. <laughs> uh, it, the title was gonna be called The Dam. Or Cliffhanger Two, the Dam. Um, terrible. The project Damn. should have been called Damn. Damn. Damned to Oblivion because uh, the movie <laughs> never got made. <laughs> it's yeah, never yeah. Came out. Well, like uh, they, I think uh, I, I did a little research on it too, and it seems like the script is still in the works. Oh, you it think he'll come you out? You think he'll it still, still drop? It's trying to make. Well, that's what they were saying. They said that they were working the on the uh, the script. It was like two thousand nineteen. Call it the Dam. We because we Dude. know. Cliffhanger, the dam. Like that sounds terrible. Stallone can still act, you know. The dam, dude. What is it like? Twenty years later, like Gabe, like twenty, you know, more than that. It's like thirty years. It's gonna turn thirty next year. Oh my god. Um, Does that mean Stallone is (laughs) seventy-seven? 
That's oh, what that man. means. Holy shit. Yeah. And he can still it is what that means. hang from a cliff. Have, he's that old. That's insane. Can he, though? Maybe that's why they haven't shot it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he's going to have to play like the role of Frank, uh, and then they'll have a new young buck to do the, all the climbing. He's going to have to start cycling steroids again. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that yeah. bod in order. Heck, yeah. Well, 77 years old, rocking the... Rocking the watch, the Macho Man. Seventy-seven persona. years old, full hard on. Yeah. When the Expendables. sequel comes out, we should cover it with the with the podcast. Heck yeah, dude! I I hope a sequel comes out for this movie. I would. Yeah, we'll cover it twenty-five years from now. <laughs> yeah. You guys have anything left? Should we do uh, our final reviews? I'm ready. Remind me what the uh, criteria for final review is. Oh, um, so there's two scores. One on a scale of one to ten. Where does this rank as a movie? Like, if you were on the Academy Awards uh, voting panel, where would you rank this movie as in terms of like, uh, you know, filmmaking excellence? All, second category is the popcorn category. How entertaining is this movie? How, you know, how much do you enjoy just watching it, even if it is a dumb movie? So it's really, is it so bad it's good? Is it so good it's good, or is it just plain bad? Um. Personally, I think this movie is so bad it's good. I'd give it a six on uh, on uh, prestige and a ten on watchability and entertainment. You guys are generous with your tens. I feel like I've never said ten for anything in my life, and then that's what you're supposed to do. Last week, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we watched Point Break. These are like some Point of my Break two got like three tens. Also, I feel like I, yeah. I'm also curious if. Uh, if anybody ever ranks anything lower than five, <laughs> like something's got to be pretty horrific for anybody to give a, a one, two, I've three, or four score. I've gone lower than five, but oh yeah, like it's got to be really bad to get a four. Because even like this movie, like I, I kind of for my prestige score, kind of want to put it less than five, well, but you, at the you same didn't time, like it. yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I think it's uh, so bad it's good. I put it in that category. Uh. I want to say that it's lower than five, but I think I'm going to give it a five because it is, it's not a train wreck. It's not like, it doesn't have stuff that's like so bad that they can't come back from. Um, and it's not meant to be good. So I, I think that helps it in a way. Um, so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a five as far as like on the you know Oscar rating you know is it an Academy Award winning movie? Uh, probably I'll give it like a five. Uh, but is watchability, it? I'll give it an eight. I, eight. I think it's a very watchable movie. Uh, lots of tense moments that are very exciting. Uh, some cool punchlines. Uh, you know, there it it's just don't go into it thinking you're going to get some amazing performance by anybody. It's just a fun movie, popcorn movie. Perfect yeah, for this category. For sure. On that point, Derek hosted a movie night last night and we had people over. I think everyone had a really good time watching the movie. Yeah, just totally. Watch the movies and beers. You and said it was nominated yeah. for Oh was yeah, I should I should have covered this. It has 3 Academy Award nominations. Wow. Uh, best visual effects, best sound editing, best sound mixing. Uh it uh, Jurassic Park won every single category. Sure, all of as it should have, but still, yeah. impressive. Yeah. I I would agree with the like the action sequences. I thought they were fantastic. Um, I thought that like what we were talking about earlier, like practical effects were good. So like there was there was definitely things about the movie that were very well like uh, executed. Uh, I would give it. 
like on the critical rating of like how good of a movie I'd say it's so bad it's good. Although I don't I don't see it that way. It's I thought it was a good movie. So good it's good. <sighs> no. Well, what, what, what's your critical rating? I I give it um. I'll give it a six point seven five. Ooh. <laughs> D plus. I give it a. No, I got to give it at least a C. I'll give okay. it. I'll give it a seven. <laughs> but uh, in term in terms of like watchability, high entertainment, I give it a nine point five. I I like I I think like there is a good point to be said. Like it should be hard to get a ten, so I'm gonna start using my ten a little more conservatively. <laughs> so you're saying you would have given it a ten if Chase didn't <laughs> if I, say if I could no it. no no because like I I took a look at like what what ten should be like what I considered the best your favorite movie and like there's certainly movies that I thought were better in terms of entertainment value than this even though it's highly entertaining so I'll give it a nine point five okay. for entertainment fair enough yeah all right um. Seems like we started with the Oscar category, so I'll start with that. And this is a high one for me. For looking at it as like they're checking off every box of stuff that needs to happen in this movie, and I'm still watching it. I gave this an eight as a okay. cinematic okay. masterpiece of a film. I'm very surprised. I That's... I thought it was I thought it did everything it wanted to do. <laughs> in wow. in slightly I, I docked a little bit because it took a little longer than it needed to take, but they did everything they needed to do. You, you don't think that it the formulaic aspect of it deserves a docking as well? See, I'm I'm giving it points for the formula because Interesting. Because if if a book a book about screenwriting would say look at how cliffhanger did it <laughs> and and that's how it should be and you know just when your goal is to you know, make a film that does good in the box office and it apparently it did well it spent a lot yeah, of money number seven. but it did well and i enjoyed it a lot so i'll give it a 9 for enjoyment <laughs> because i was along for the ride just like when's he going to have his redemption moment i god i did not care about this movie but <laughs> i really enjoyed watching heck yeah nice heck yeah. Good. Yeah. Yep. Right on. Well, I think at the end of the day, this movie um, definitely influenced a lot of other movies. You know, Ace Ventura, uh, the whole Dark Knight series. The Dark Knight trilogy, yeah. Um, Vertical Limit. Vertical Limit. Um, and uh, and I think it still holds up today. It's a fun watch. Uh, you know, range from 8 to 10 on watchability. So, um, yeah, that was a good one. What did Lithgow say when Stallone fell off the cliff? That was an expensive funeral. Is that it? What oh, he he turns most to his friend Hal. He's like, "Your friend just had the most expensive funeral in history." Yeah, I bet that's not true. What do you think is the most expensive yeah. funeral in history? Uh, probably uh, one of the pharaohs in Egypt. The whole oh, pyramid the gold. thing. Yeah, it's good. Build, like all the work that he going to make in the pyramid. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Surprised Lithgow didn't know that. Quaylinch, idiot, and he's a scholar. <laughs> Stupid idiot. And he's British. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. I guess we're watching Face Off next week. We'll see you then. Tune in. <laughs>